The World Cup Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Welcome, everybody, to the World Cup Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne, stuck up in the northeast corner of England. Today is Wednesday, the 7th of December. We are here at the Handicap Quarterfinals 1 and 2 for Friday, the 9th of December. Um, and joining us is Mr. Barry Penaluna. Barry, how are you doing? Good evening. All good, thanks. Good. Um, are we uh, going to announce the fact that you're confused as hell because we've just finished recording? Uh, well, this is going to now be a running theme between this show and the next show that the people haven't listened to yet, is that we've already recorded the show for tomorrow, Saturday, before we've recorded this show for Friday, Buzz, and it's unnerved you somewhat, hasn't it? How are you feeling I'm about right. it? Halfway through the project, how are you feeling about it? Uh, I'm a little bit unsettled. I think I think the first one went all right. Um, but I'm just a bit confused about how we're going to... This is what know. you... Were, it yeah. doesn't sit right with me. I don't know why we didn't just keep them in order. But anyway, it is what it is. Let's just roll with it. Yeah, right. There was no reason. I think it's because we were live streaming, so we, we didn't yeah, live was, stream the last one. We recorded that one. Yeah, we were live streaming this one. We similar time, didn't we, to... To where we'd normally be on an evening. So we, yeah, we've what we've done by doing that is confused fewer people. Baz, but basically we've confused you. Just that, I and think. that's it. That's fine. Rather than if people are tuned in now to get the handicaps for Friday, and we were doing Saturday, that's knocked everyone out of kilter. No, I get, it. I get it, I get it. Let's crack no, on okay. before I get confused again. We'll crack on before he gets confused. What we have got to do, though, Baz, and this is good, is introduce some various lifestyle segments that are different to the lifestyle segments that we talked about yeah. an hour ago. Well, first of all, yes. I mean, how 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 have you coped today? This is our first day without any World Cup football. How how has that been for you? Have you had to talk to the family or no, no, not at all. Well, funnily enough, you might. Um, I was going to address the situation because I think some people might be confused or not confused by concerned by my apparent sedentary lifestyle because if you watched and some people did believe it or not the MLB gambling podcast we sent out at three o'clock this afternoon I was sitting in my pyjamas in the kitchen it is now 10.30 at night I'm still sitting in pyjamas although I've put my uh, dressing I've, gown on but sitting you're, here. You're, you're sitting in your dressing gown were you sat like Hugh that? Hefner yeah yeah I just put that on I, I didn't notice it no we, we did it I've sat the entire time you've talked to me for the last hour and a quarter I've had it on but unbelievable so you've been in that all day well, no, and this is my point. I haven't been in this all day. I just wanted to point out to the people who might be concerned that I'm becoming a lazy slob. I've been out of football training, but so in the meantime, I went out, put some clothes on, went out to football train, drank a bovril, as previously discussed in the future, and then when I came in, had a shower to warm myself up, and I put my dressing gown back on, having 
creamed myself and my finger again, uh, like we discussed last night. So, yeah, don't worry about that. The I managed to fill my day up by... I had a double duty today because I had to prep both of these shows and um, I had to do the MLB show because I am working tomorrow night and Friday night. So I filled my time up today. I haven't missed uh, the football bars that much, as well as having an hour out earlier on as well. So um, it's been... Yeah, this this first day of the World Cup without any football is always an odd one, isn't it? We have to we use on the on the show sometimes. I, f- I feel like a bird in an eclipse. You know, when the birds just don't know what's going on in the middle of an eclipse because everything, the sun's just disappeared. They get all confused. <laughs> I, I liken that a lot to the first the first World Cup day. Um, but I've coped all right because I've had stuff to do. But um, have you been okay? Have you thrown yourself yeah. into where keeping the cogs of industry turning, but I mean, I didn't realise the birds got confused during an eclipse. At first, oh, can you imagine if that? you were a sparrow and you're sitting there in the tree at two o'clock? And it, every day is the same, isn't it? And then all of a sudden, it's just gone black. Well, that's the same for us, isn't it? We're just... Well, no, because we're not fucking sparrows, are we? We it's understand it's been on the news. <laughs> the sparrows haven't been watching the one o'clock news saying there's an eclipse coming. They've, they've all been talking about it. Like, oh, remember that last time when that eclipse come along? It's probably June. Yeah, you reckon? Anyway, when you first mentioned it and you said birds get confused, I had an image of, like... Or women, the horse, like women. <laughs> yeah. What's going Sexist. on here? Uh, so I, sorry about that. Um, you yeah, get cancelled, Baz. Talk like that. I have had to talk to the uh, the family a little bit tonight. So, was, uh, to be honest, I haven't missed the football. It's been nice to just sort of finish off my work um, and then be able to sort of, well, you know, just be present. Um, yeah, in the, in the room for a bit, uh, although. All that's happened really is is the, the little one has come come and had the telly and put her crap on, uh, and we just sat through about three hours of that instead. What um, passes for um, small girls' crap in your house? Uh, she's obsessed with a TV series called Superstore, which is actually yep. quite funny. But she literally she'll go through five series of it, and it'll probably take about on average. 10 to 12 days to complete five series of it. And then mm-hmm. she just goes straight back to episode one and we'll just watch it all again. So the episode <sighs> I watched a day, I will have watched six or seven times now. Just, just, what, do, what do they do in that programme? Uh, they work in a superstore, the supermarket. That's a comedy, daft, daft American comedy. It's all right for easy watching, sort of out the corner of your eye. It's all right. Yeah. I find myself chuckling at bits of it now and then. But she gets this thing in her head. She, once she gets a series in her head, she'll just watch it from start to finish and then literally straight back to episode one and just go again. It used to be Friday Night Dinner, which is an absolute oh, yeah. classic. We, we absolutely love it in this house anyway. So Friday Night Dinner was a really good series. And I, I, as I say, watch that over and over and over again. Uh, but uh, this is Sophie's thing. Like She's obsessed with the TV. Um, it drives her to- mad when the football's on and she's got to give it up for a bit. And to be honest, I say she's obsessed with the TV. She'll put the TV on and then she'll pick up. She's very keen on her art, so she'll pick up a notepad and just start sketching or painting or drawing. And I say, can I put the TV on? She says, no, I'm watching it. I'm like, yeah. you haven't took your eyes up from that paper. I'm still watching it. So she does keep it. She's not just fixated on the telly, to be fair. She does get her head down into all that stuff at the same time, but she likes to have her stuff in the background instead of mine. Uh, so, yeah, yes. give, the, give the kids a chance to do it, didn't we? But uh, yeah, um, no, so no football today was fine. But I'm looking forward tomorrow. We've got the the tune, 
Newcastle against Al Hilal in Saudi Arabia. That's being live streamed on the internet. Malcolm will be all over that tomorrow. I'll night, not so. be watching that, Baz. Not even, not even a little bit. Um, I do think we need to put comedy chat on our list of things, though, as well as food chat, because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners on both sides of the pond. Uh, I, you know me dodgy fire stick. I say my dog. Well, my dodgy fire stick, which I've hooked up to your account. Uh, so I'm getting the best of both worlds here. Um, I've, there's loads of good stuff on there. So I've married. I smashed Phoenix Knights last week. Uh, both series of that because you can't find it anywhere. It's nowhere to be seen. It's not on a proper platform. It's not on Netflix or Amazon or anywhere. Um, I then obviously went directly to the spin-off, Max and Paddy's Road in Nowhere. Um, and then last night, late doors, I was looking for something. Um, I've quite enjoyed the sex lives of college girls, which isn't as smutty as you would think. Oh, it's a little bit smutty, but it's just funny. I've quite enjoyed that. But I watched a lot of This Country as well last night. So there is about four, well, it's about two and a half thousand comedy uh, box sets on there. So yeah, a bit of a uh, comedy chat, Baz. We can uh, there. Yeah, there's two new ones to me. So I'll, uh, I'll have which a ones? The, the last two you mentioned. This country. Um, All right, the, the sex lives of college girls is a, it's kind of a cheesy American sitcom. Uh, it's a little bit of shagging in it, uh, but it's all right. This country is a really classic niche. If I don't think, no offence to any of our Americans, if they sat and watched that, they'd be absolutely baffled. It's a fly on the wall type, a bit like The Office, that kind of style, and it is set in a Cotswolds village. It's supposed to be about how young people cope with living in these rural areas when there's nothing to do. And it's just a couple of dafties, uh, supposed to be two cousins. And Daisy Lee, what's her name? She's on everything at the minute. Captain on Buzzcocks, new Buzzcocks. Do you watch I'm that? Hopeless for names. Can't name a single actor. You can hopeless for that. Daisy Lee, Chambers, Matthews. Who knows? Um, she's really good, and she's she's uh, quite the uh, she's quite in the zeitgeist at the moment, Baz. But you'd you'd love that. It's very British. It's very uh, sedate. Lee Cooper. That That's her? it. There you go. That's what there I said. Um, yeah, but there's not a wasted word in that, Baz. You're getting uh, get that on your on your fire stick later on. You will thank me for it. I think there's two, maybe three series. So. Um, there you go. Yeah, comedy chat. We'll add that on. Um, Before you move I'll... on, Mal, just got a quick uh, one from uh, Stephen B on Twitter, who's, who's uh, pointing out you wearing. He's referring to it as a smoking jacket. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was Stephen that... B who was interested in the goulash the other day. It's yes, not. Yeah. Well, I think you would call it a robe, Stephen. Um, we call it a dressing gown because we uh, have the mastery of the language in this country. But it, yeah, it's a little bit Hugh Hefner. And it's 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 quite luxurious. Like, if, if I move around, I see the light bouncing off it. It's all right, isn't it? It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Sexy. Very... interaction there for the first time in the series, though, Malcolm. It's good to see. I'm a, bit, I'm a, I'm a very sexy man. Um, <laughs> one thing I was just going to ask you, Baz, before we move on to the football. In your life, do you think you've eaten over or under 380 bananas? Oh, that is the easiest question you could ever ask. Are you me. not a banana eater? Don't eat no. bananas. I, I, you can't. I, I, I can't. I haven't ate a banana. Not one. Are you allergic to them? Nah. Just don't like them. How do you, how do I know? But I know what a banana tastes like. I don't. I, I've probably had. Fuck it out. You know, if you've had a trifle and there's a bit of banana in the bottom. All right, okay. So, so I've probably had a, a, a bite of a banana in, in that context. Do Americans um, know what trifles are? If you gave me like, well, it's just like jelly, custard, cream, all mixed up, fruit and that, isn't it? <laughs> but anyway, if, if you gave me like a banana milkshake 
banana yeah. sweets, banana ice cream, anything like that. I'm not having it. Two two things that don't work for me is is bananas and coffee. Um, oh, weird. Never ever had a cup of coffee. Never had a banana. What do you think about that? Well, do you know what? I, I knew I had a feeling you would you would have a weird thing about bananas. So I did write down a reserve question, which was over or under, and I upped the number four hundred and twenty-five apples. Do I look like a man that eats loads of apples? Not loads, Baz. How old are you? Forty-two. <laughs> so, right. So, so ten, ten years, not loads, Baz. Let's. <laughs> it's not loads of apples. It's not, You're like, not like it. I haven't ate 10 apples in the last year. I mean, does cider count? No, well, no, as it doesn't. I'm pushing the boundaries a little. I reckon I'm under 4,000 apples. 400 apples. 400? 425. All right, how many was the uh, the banana question? 380. All right, I thought you said 1,000. Either way, you are miles off on the bananas. Um, 400, <laughs> not, not a lot. I, I used to eat apples when I was younger, and I will occasionally eat apple now. Um, I mean, 10 a year is not many, Baz. Our kids don't eat, eat, eat apples either. They don't like apples, so um, we very rarely have them in the house. I'm going, I'm going under, under on the All apples. right, okay. What about you? You'd be massively over. Obviously, what's happened is, because I, I brought all those bananas and apples back from the weekend away, so I've eaten out but bananas and apples since Sunday. That's why I was asking. I'm sick of the sight of them. I'm turning into a banana. <laughs> uh, so that's why right Baz 14 minutes in uh, we, should, we should probably talk about some football do you think good idea uh, World Cup quarterfinals number one and two are on Friday the first game is a 3pm kickoff UK time 10am Eastern time game between Croatia and Brazil Croatia are 8-1 to one underdogs uh, in 90 minutes the draw is plus 375 um, 11 to 4. It's more than 11 to 4, isn't it? Yeah, it's 15 to 4. And the uh, Brazil are 9 to 25, which is a price of minus 277 to qualify from the tie. Croatia 4 to 1, and Brazil are 1 to 6, approximately minus 625. Uh, Croatia have drawn 0 0 with Tunisia, beaten Canada 4 1, drew 0 0 with Belgium. And drew 1-1 with Japan before advancing on penalties. Brazil beat Serbia 2-0, beat Switzerland 1-0, lost 1-0 to Cameroon in the dead rubber at the end of the group and then humped South Korea 4-1 in the round of 16. I would start with Croatia. Croatia, to me, have been underwhelming on two fronts, which is both in the stats and at the eye test, the impression that they've given you. Um, I don't really pick up an awful lot uh, from from watching them. They've gone under two and a half um, in three out of the four games, or both teams to score is cashed in two of the four games. Um, they look okay in flashes. Uh, the big lad at the back, Guardiol, uh, the lad who's been wearing the face mask, he plays four. Now, I know this. He plays four. Does it Dortmund? He plays in Germany. I play for Dortmund, Cologne, somewhere. I think it's Dortmund, you know. Um, anyway, big lad at the back, plays in the Bundesliga. Uh, really good player. He's going to be an absolute star. Got a really nice left peg. Modric hasn't done an awful lot. Maybe his legs are catching up with him. Perisic does stuff in flashes. Got the goal against Japan. 
And Kramaric up top doesn't look like a prolific goal scorer to me. He never really has been. Um, and I think they've only been the better team once, which was that Canada game where they fell 1-0 behind and then really did expose uh, Canada's naivety. Uh, Canada got exposed by everybody that played, so there was nothing really special about that. Uh, Brazil, in terms of patterns, under two and a half in three of their four games um, and both teams to score in just one of the four. Um, put a line through the Cameroon game. Um, they were great against South Korea. South Korea didn't make it really easy for them. They matched up in a way that Brazil were always just going to smash them a little bit like Costa Rica did against Spain when a team just sets up to your strengths. Um, so, yeah, they, they, that, that matched up really well for them. I would say Croatia at this spot are a good comparison for Serbia and Switzerland, um, who Brazil have played. Um, Brazil beat them 2-0, uh, beat Serbia 2-0, beat Switzerland 1-0. Um, just in that slightly just second-level European team, uh, not top class, just kind of an average European team, uh, Croatia. So we, if you want to comp, I would say Serbia and Switzerland are your comps for that. Uh, my starting point here was Brazil 2, Croatia 0. Price of six to one, so that brings in uh, both teams to score no at seven to ten. A little bit short, minus one forty-two. The under two and a half is even money, plus one hundred. Uh, that's relatively appealing. Result to win the nil is slightly bigger, uh, twenty-one to twenty plus one ten, and that also brings in Brazil on the handicap, uh, minus one and a half goals, which is a price. Of plus 105. So looking at all of those, Baz, um, Brazil haven't kept a clean sheet in the last two matches. Um, again, the Cameroon one was a bit of a weird one. Cameroon scored the 94th minute. Um, they still, this team, regardless of how good they are going forward, we've said before, everything they do, the manager, it's built on their defence. Uh, they had an incredible defensive record coming into this. Um, my favourite pick out of all of those is Brazil to win this to nil. Uh, a price of 21 to 20. They beat Serbia to nil. They beat Switzerland to nil. Croatia haven't really done a lot at all going forwards. And I think Brazil can hold them at arm's length. So I was I wanted to put a line through the possibility of Brazil going off and beating them three or four nil, which they absolutely could do. Um, so the the unders definitely in play, the, the under two and a half are even money. Um, but like I say, the 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 possibility of a three nil is there. We saw that with uh, with England winning 3-0 the other day uh, and there was another game that came down on the same side as well. There was a 3-0 scoreline. Um, so, yeah, Brazil to win to nil, Baz, is going to be my official play, 21-20. to 20. Everything based around that Brazil to Croatia nil uh, final score. Baz, what you got? Yeah, so I think the big lad at the back, it was Gvoriol. Is that yeah, yeah. Bobby Leipzig? No, um, okay. Absolutely took him the other day in a double with uh, Lovren, the two centre-offs, on the pass market. So that's one yeah. I had sort of talked about. Um, it was one I didn't... It, it sort of cropped to me close to the kickoff, so it was one we didn't mention on the podcast. Um, but Gvoriol and, and Lovren always high up on the, the pass stats, and, and I think I took them both over 75, uh, and they're, they're coming comfortably. I think they're both over, over 80 passes on the day. Coming about 170 between them or something. Um, yeah. But I just mentioned Gvardiol and sort of brought that back. Um, I struggle to know what to make of Croatia, really, other than a, a good win against Canada 4 1. They've looked pretty uninspiring. They failed to score against Belgium, failed to score against Morocco. Uh, to be fair, a lot of teams have failed to score against Morocco. 
Uh, and the scrape past Japan on penalties in a pretty dour affair, wasn't it? It was dull. We commented on Twitter at the time how boring that was. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not excited by by Croatia at all. And uh, so then then it's what what can Brazil do? Biggest test so far for Brazil. Uh, you would think still, you know, get at this stage things things do get harder. Uh, but I just feel I don't know. I feel Brazil have got a bit of an aura around them at the moment. It's sort of building and building. But then I think that's just every World Cup, isn't it? Brazil always have that bit of an aura around them. It's World Cup time. People get a little bit excited about the blue and yellow of Brazil. Um, so I, I did think the, the first half against South Korea was was really enjoyable. It was good to see them at full flow. Um, some really entertaining stuff. appreciate it wasn't the best of opponents and South Korea's approach to the game that that or certainly that first half was was absolutely abysmal wasn't it um yeah i think i, th- I feel i'm on, on argentina to win the tournament and i'm conflicted all the time because i do i do strongly fancy brazil as well it's 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 really hard to know i feel there's a bit of a story brewing around this brazil team um and that's around the whole pelly illness he's obviously very very poorly and there's a sense building that they're almost playing for Pelé now on the flags are coming out every time in support of him. I'm not writing them off because I've no idea how ill he is, but it's just one of them things. Sometimes, you know, in big events, there tends to, there's, there's often a story around the winner, isn't there? And you think, ah, mm-hmm. up on that. And it's one way you could see, you know, worst comes to the worst with Pelé and then Brazil going and winning it for, for him. Um, so yeah, uh, just just someone I'd noticed. Just thinking, you you could almost see it. I'd, as I say, just just sometimes stories around sort of major winners. Or I think back to the Grand National. There's always a story when <laughs> after the event, and you think I should have should have had that. Um, and and last going off off script here a bit, but um, Grand National last time sitting on the Friday watching the racing. Who was it? It was a female jockey who won. It was Rachel Blackmore, yeah. Rachel Blackmore, is it? Anyway, whoever it was, she was on the telly on a Friday, finished the race, said, oh, I'm now to my retirement, Grand National's my last race tomorrow. And I turned to hell and I went, there's your story for the Grand National tomorrow. Rachel Blackmore retires. Last race, she's going to be the first woman to win it or whatever. Oh, she'll win it in her last race. And sure enough, she went and won it at a decent price as well. Did I back it? Did I shite? <laughs> Honestly, big events. Sometimes there's a story around it, and that Pelé thing could could turn out to be a big story. Um, and Brazil winning a fame. So, uh, just something I'd noticed. I mean, I'm <laughs> going back to the picks. Um, I refer back to my wall chart. Um, I'd always had Croatia v Brazil in the quarter final, and I'd always had Brazil going through. So I'm, I'm sticking to that. Um, but they're short. Four to eleven is very short. So, so how do we approach it? So, looking at similar things to you, handicap markets to win by two or more. Um, eleven to ten plus one ten. Um, and I've sort of had success in the Brazil game so far. Last game, I went with the Brazil goals. I backed over two and a half, over three and a half, over four and a half, which didn't come in, but but landing the two and a half and the three and a half got us a good a good profit. And the earlier games. Um, we looked at the handicaps. Uh, one and a half goals came in against. Where are we? Trying to look back at their fixtures now. Um, 
So, yeah, I think I had the handicap in the Serbia game, which came in. Switzerland game, it didn't come off. And then Cameroon, I didn't. I don't think got involved hugely. Um, pick six to four for Brazil to score three or more. Um, I think it's a decent price. Like, it's slightly better than the, the handicap um, at 11 to 10. So, I'll take the six to four for Brazil to get two and a half goals. Um I also had a little, little look at a, a daft uh, bet builder. Oh, Malcolm. Get bet. the cones out. High, high is on. Construction yeah. zone. Barry yeah. is fucking construction stuff. Go on, Baz. Knock it up. Building. We're building. Brazil to win both halves. Yeah. Richarlison anytime. Yeah. And Thiago Silva over 72 passes. I priced that up at around 8 to 1. Um, just for a little bit of interest to hopefully get that goal in the first half. Richarlison gets a first half goal and then you're looking for Brazil to win the second half and counting up every silver pass, which always makes it exciting. That pass bet the other day on uh, Croatia makes the game really interesting. Like you, you, you just look at it completely differently, you know? You're right. Uh, you're, yeah. you're really enjoying those little boring back passes along the, along the back of the defence. Uh, if Brazil get 2-3-0 up, there'll be a lot of that just trying to knock it around killing a bit of time. So 72 passes. Silva was actually one, I'd looked at him in the past market. Um, three games started, 79, 85, 87 are his pass attempts. Uh, the market said 77 and over, five to six. Um, tougher opponent, get that, but, but I can still see Brazil being fairly comfortable in this game and, and over 77 was one that caught my eye. It's always the defenders, isn't it, in these Strong team. I don't think they are tougher opponents, but I think they're very, very similar level to Serbia, Switzerland, yeah. and South Korea. So, um, so yeah, if you're interested in a in a pass bet, get on Thiago Silva over seventy seven passes and spend all game trying to count it up or find an app, find an app which counts them up for you. Um, I've got an app which which is really good at uh, counting up players' passes, so you can't you don't have to stand there with a with a little tally chart or anything. You can just uh, yeah, our, our local book, Baz, um, we counts them up for you. I've, the, the one night I played after Ty had been on, and I played Estupinan and Luke Shaw and somebody else, uh, they were they were counting them up live um, on yeah. one of our locals, the chip that I can't see on here, uh, but I can tell you later on. So, yeah, you, you, you can keep that, uh, keep up to date with that in play live on one of the books. Good stuff. So yes, I've got Brazil made uh, Brazil two and a half goals, six to four. Um, I take the silver passes over seventy-seven at five to six, and build a bet. Brazil both halves, Richarlison anytime. Silver over seventy-two passes. Bang. Let's go. Okay, well, there's a lot to unpack there, Baz. Comprehensive, uh, bit of hashtag DGNs only in the uh, in the passing markets. Um, narrative. They love a narrative on the. Uh, uh, sports gambling podcast narrative bets are one of these they, uh, they always bang on about revenge games is what we get a lot of on MLB uh, Noah and Dinal so just because a player's played for another team um, that means he's going to win because he'll be trying harder again so we get that every night you know. it's a revenge spot it's a Gareth yeah. Cole revenge spot uh, it's a Max Shears a revenge spot uh, so I never hold any say with that. Um, speaking of Moonaf, uh, good news travels fast, Baz. I just had a DM off Moonaf about 90 seconds ago saying, are you wearing a robe live on the show? Uh, <laughs> so I don't know where he's, yeah. Um, 
And I said, hell yes. And the next word he's put is arrogant. That's <laughs> not fucking that, is it? It's a bit I'd strong. I'd just say comfortable. Comfortable, yes. Comfortable, yeah. comfortable I'm, right. I'm dripping comfort here. Uh, I wouldn't have thought it was arrogant. I mean, I said, just to, don't take it off. But I have got my Jimmy Jams on underneath, so uh, not a problem there. Right then, uh, next game, game two is 7pm UK time, 2pm Eastern time kickoff between the Netherlands and Argentina. Uh, the Netherlands are in 90 minutes, 13 to 5, plus 260. The doors at 21 to 10, plus 210. Argentina are 6 to 5, plus 120. Uh, to qualify, the Dutch are 13 to 10, plus 130. And the Argentinians are 11 to 18, a price of minus 164. Do you want to lead us off, Baz, or do you want a little rest after that huge, big Grand National base run? <laughs> no, I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Go on, to go. Then. There's, no, there's no narrative here. This might, might be a little bit more boring, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I think Netherlands looked fairly underwhelming, didn't they? Certainly in the group stage. They did have one of the easiest groups, in my, my opinion. Um, I said at the very start on our first episode on you. When you draw Qatar as your number one seed in your group, yep. just because they're hosts, then you know you're going to get an easy group. So, uh, as I say, Senegal, Qatar, Ecuador in the group. Scrape the really late win against Senegal. Very, very lucky with that, I thought. Senegal, very unlucky not to come away with something. Uh, they were very underwhelming in the draw against Ecuador, uh, where they only created two chances against Ecuador with an XG of 0.1 in that game. Um, they did. 2-0 against Qatar but I'd say they cruised past Qatar really. they went 2-0 up and then they just kept them at arm's length all game didn't they they had no interest in getting a third but Qatar never ever laid a glove on them um, I think we did look a bit better against the USA um, but I also thought they looked a little bit vulnerable at the back at times uh, against the USA so 3-1 win there um, Argentina they lost to Saudi Arabia 2-1 um, before back-to-back wins, 2-0 against Mexico and Poland. I think they looked fairly comfortable in both games, and I said after that it felt as if Argentina were growing and growing into the tournament. They only beat Australia 2-1, which on paper doesn't look great. Um, but in reality, watch the game, and I don't think the result was ever really in doubt until the very last few minutes. Australia pulls it back to 2-1. And then we had three or four minutes where, where there was a little bit of sort of jeopardy there, wasn't there? But it was very similar to, to what I said about um, Holland against Qatar. You get 2-0 in front, and Argentina just seemed to be quite happy with that. Um, so the 2-1 scoreline doesn't look look great, but I think Argentina did did keep them at arm's length and, and were fairly comfortable in the 2-1 win, to be fair. It's obviously the toughest test yet for both teams, as you'd expect at this stage in the tournament. We're into the quarterfinals now, so... Things are always going to be getting harder. Uh, but I am taking Argentina in this one. I mean, I've, I've got them to win the tournament. We talked about it again last night. I've still got them going through uh, here. They're 6-5 to five in, in 90 minutes, um, which I think is a, a decent bet. Um, but I'm going back same way I went with the England game, which we haven't talked about yet, because that's on tomorrow's show, which we have talked about. Yes, um, we've got him. We've tripped him up, people. Yes, we did it. Me. You've got me. I can't talk about the England bet. See, Malcolm, I'm, I'm already giving away. Yes, fairly bad. 32 show. minutes you went without fucking that up. 
do you see do you see where the confusion come about now? No. Nope. Anyway, nope. I may or may not have taken a similar bet in tomorrow's show for England. Uh, the, pick, <laughs> the, pick, the pick here is Argentina uh, to score two or more. Um, mm. So they've done that in the last three games. Um, as I see, Netherlands will put up a bit more of a test, but I don't think Netherlands are that strong at the back. I think there'll be opportunities. Argentina, six to four for two or more goals, uh, plus 150. Let's have a little sprinkle on the over two and a half Argentina goals at fives as well. Um, and on the anytime scorer market, um, I like Alvarez, the games, which want to have a, have a look, look at the lineup, see if he's starting. Didn't start the first couple of games, uh, but since starting the last two, he scored uh, two in two games uh, against Poland and Australia. So three to one for Alvarez anytime, uh, I think could be a good shout. Uh, if you know, assuming he starts that game, uh, so that's my two picks: uh, Argentina two or more, little bit on two and a half or more uh, over two and a half, and uh, Alvarez any time. Okay, um, yeah. So the Netherlands for me haven't impressed me at all, really. Um, cagey game against Senegal, second best against Ecuador. The Qatar game was irrelevant. They got away with it against the USA, second best I think for long periods of time. Pulisic missed a sitter at nil nil. Um, and then the Dutch scored, USA dominated again, then the Dutch scored, breakaway goals. XG was in favour of the USA at the end of that game. Um, and just look, I mean, they're still rolling out Davy Klassen to start, um, Daly Blinds playing. They're just not good enough, I don't think. Um, Van Dijk's playing well, the keeper is doing okay for them. Um, Argentina, that seems like ages ago they lost to Saudi Arabia. Seems like it was about a month back. Um, didn't take them... Um, long to recover. It took them about an hour against Mexico to recover. And that, and since then, like you said, Baz, they've been going through the gears and looked in control. We we did give them out. Once they'd lost that game, we gave them out around about 10 to 1. I said, if you liked Argentina, don't let what's happened put you off. Um, you can go back in and back them at 10 to 1 and you're getting 10 to 1 about what was a 4 to 1 shot pre-tournament or a 5, 6 to 1 shot. Um so they looked complete control against Australia till that huge deflection. Um, and then Australia pushed, which is fair enough. They're going to, they're going out the World Cup. Uh, Messi's in really good form. Alvarez looks good. We've, fair, we've pretty much had, handicapped this identically, Baz. Um, the defence isn't hugely reliable. Uh, Mendy's prone to a mistake getting on a bit. My starting point here, Baz, was Argentina 3, Netherlands 1, which is a correct score. Is it a price of 22 to 1? Uh, it brings in the over two and a half goals at 11 to 8, plus th- uh, 137. Brings in both teams to score um, at an even money price, plus 100. Um, Argentina to win in both teams to score was of interest to me at 92, plus 450. But my two picks, Baz, are um, Locke is going to be Argentina to win in 90 minutes. Kept this really simple. Didn't have to dig into a load of markets. Argentina are a better team. I think quite a considerably better team. I think if you play this game 10 times, uh, Argentina would win seven or eight. So plus money, uh, six to five plus 120. And my dog, Baz, um, is Argentina team total over two and a half at five to one. So I'll yes. pick the exact same bet as you, Baz. It's a team ride. Does that give right. you full of confidence or fear? No, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, as I say, I do like these where you can sort of ladder them up. But if Argentina get those two early on and we're cheering on the third, 
I think you can even push it there. You know, if you want to get more ambitious, chuck the fourth in. Fourteens, <laughs> I think it is for nice three point five. Um, yeah, I think we both think Netherlands might might be a step too far here. Uh, so yeah, no, I like I like what you've you've got there. Like I said, I wanted to eliminate like the, the clean sheets and I do think the Dutch might get a goal. Um, Memphis Depay has looked okay. They scored some good goals against uh, USA. A, they scored at the right times, which sounds like a daft thing to say, is if there's a bad time to score. Um, but they did score uh, goals. Well, they executed. When they got the break, uh, the first two goals were really, really good. Uh, pretty much identical, actually. Uh, good goals, good finishes. Um, Depay looks like he can get a goal. And like I say, Argentina... Um, have they kept two clean sheets out of the four games, but they did look uh, vulnerable. Poor Poland missed a penalty, uh, so really that should have been only the one clean sheet against Mexico. Um, so yeah, I wanted to eliminate most of that. And Argentina team total five to one just looked like a big price. So we've got the safety net of Argentina winning in ninety minutes at plus money. Uh, so you're not going to be juiced out uh, if you take both of those bads. So yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm, I'm looking forward to these games. This is um, obviously. This game, Baz, is the one we've got a lot riding on in terms of our million pound bets as well because uh, yeah. I've got Netherlands to go out in the quarterfinals as one of my main points and you had Argentina to make the semifinals. Um, so they're going to be offsetting, really. Uh, they're going to offset each other in terms of winnings. I know we're trying to outdo each other on that one. Uh, but um, both both would be money in the bank. And this is really precisely how we, uh, how we handicap this section of the draw. Um, like you said, Netherlands had an easy route through uh, winning the group and then playing uh, a shit team out of England's group and Argentina winning the group and getting a relatively uh, simple task um, as well against uh, against the Group A team. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I think we got to the end again, Baz. Um, one small time lapse for you, Baz. Was that okay? That was all right. Uh, I have got one other thing to bring up. Something. Yeah, go on then. Breaking news um, in, the, in the household here. Yeah. Nothing, oh, uh, nothing that would particularly excite anyone else. But get this. You, you've managed a football team before, haven't you? Yes. So, so I manage the girls under-13s team. We'll play on Sundays. Usually Sunday mornings, 10.30 kickoffs is, is pretty much the, the standard. Occasionally we'll get a 12 o'clock kickoff on a Sunday if, it, if it's, you know, scrapping for pitches. And, and you're familiar, you normally get an email, don't you, if there's any changes. So the email comes through from the league, says this is your fixture, and if anything changes, you'll get an email with an update. Literally yeah. two minutes ago, there's a fixture change for Sunday the 18th of December. Yep. Yeah. So Mansfield Town playing Bingham Town away. So we're away from home up in Mansfield, which is a bit of a hike for us, 45-minute drive. 10.30 kickoff, changed to a 2 o'clock kickoff on the 18th Ooh. of December. World Cup final kicks off at three o'clock. Who's yeah, putting the kids football? at two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon when the World Cup final's on. I literally Can just got not... that five, five minutes ago, and I'm sitting here just thinking, hey, "Yeah, that's bollocks, isn't it?" I mean, if England that's play, they're not going to want to be interested. They're not asked anyway. Even if England aren't there, I want to watch the World Cup final. Can you not Even... contact their bloke directly and get that switch? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've got his number, his email. I'm going to say, have you have you realised? Um, what you're doing here because um, surely he's the same if you've got any interest in football I've, yeah, I've yeah. never known our league have a 2 o'clock kick-off it's always 10.30 or 12 o'clock yeah very late as we get at 1pm but again it's yeah. pitch availability like but, again, um, to be honest off the top of my head I would I didn't know what uh, 
what time the World Cup started. So I just had a quick little uh, search there and at three o'clock. So I, yeah, they might not have even given that a second thought. Like um, our game would have finished at half past three, forty-five minute journey back. I'll have missed the whole yeah. game. Um, I'll be furious. I'll be kicking off about that. Um, like most things in life, Baz, you probably know me. I'm a great believer in getting forgiveness over permission. I'd rather just do something and get someone to forgive me for it rather than ask first. <laughs> so that's what I would be doing with you. I'd be finding another pitch. If you have to book an Astro somewhere, pay 45 quid for an hour and get that kicked off at any other day or any other time and then just let the league fine you 30 quid or play dumb or something like so. Yeah. Just don't even tell them is the thing to do. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Um, right, well, cheers, Baz. That was fun. Back to back shows in reverse order, all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'm out working tomorrow. I'm out working Friday. I think I get to see, um, I should be able to get to see both games, actually. I've got a gap. Um, I've got to set up before seven o'clock, but don't start till nine o'clock, which I would normally moan about. I'm going to sit around and wait for two hours, but that's the exact time that Netherlands Argentina kicks off. So, I'll get the casino set up and then can sit in the pub for two hours and uh, watch the game before I start work at 9pm. So for once, that's uh, that's fallen my way. Um, looking forward to watching all the games. I hope you are too. And um, I like these bets, Baz. I think we've unpacked this pretty well. So um, any final thoughts before we let the people go? No, that's all from me. Good. Uh, go and have a banana, Baz, and you can report back uh, on Saturday or Sunday night. Uh, when we come to when we come to look at the semi-finals, how that works out for you. Um, usual places like rate, review, five stars, thumbs up, get in the Discord channel, all of that. Um, good luck with your bets. Enjoy the football. Uh, looking forward to it. Doesn't happen very often, once every four years. Um, in the meantime, we will see you down the road. Cheers. <laughs>